WRES, one on the point seven FM, Asheville. And with great pleasure, WRES collaborates with Buncombe County Health and Human Services for this next half hour of vital information. Hosted by none other than Ms. Rashida McDaniel. Community Development Specialist with Buncombe County with Buncombe County's Health and Human Services. Here she is, the lovely Rashi. Thank you, Rashida McDaniels. Thank you, Elder Hayes. I have enjoyed being at WRS. I remember calling here when I was in kindergarten through the fifth grade from Randolph Elementary School fighting tigers <laughs> so i feel like i'm at home so thank you for having us today thank you for tuning in again my name is rashida mcdaniels community development specialist with buncombe county government this is an exciting morning it's the first in many programs to come where we take some time to do a deeper dive into topics that are important to buncombe county we're going to have some great conversations we're here today with one of the best medical doctors in Buncombe County, my friend and colleague I've known for many years, Dr. Jennifer Mullendore, Dr. M. She's been the medical director for Buncombe County for many years and has led the frontline response to COVID as both interim health director and medical doctor. Thank you, Dr. M, for joining us today. Thank you, Rashida. It yes. is a pleasure to be here. I'm excited yes. and honored to be your first guest. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So tell us, um, and I know it's, it's been really hard for us, and I can't believe it's been over in the United States, 500,000 people that have lost their lives, and I have experienced that. So it's, it's, it's just being kind of rough on this. So Dr. M, our topic today is something you know a lot about, and that's about COVID. This last year has been hard to say the least, and I know I'm not the only person to lose a family member to this off, off of virus. I lost my aunt, my mom's sister a couple of months ago. And, but it gives me hope, gives me a lot of hope to see the light at the end of the tunnel in the form of vaccines, right? Yeah. So what options do we have here for vaccines? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, when those vaccines came out in December, it was, um, yeah, a breath of fresh air for mm -hmm. many of us. Um, and so currently we have three vaccines that are available in this country, the Pfizer vaccine, Moderna vaccine, and the newest, the Johnson & Johnson or J&J &J vaccine. And so... Um, what I would say about these vaccines, like this, this is um, human innovation at its greatest, right? When we when we needed it, these scientists stepped up and built on years of research um, and created these vaccines to help us get us through this pandemic. Um, all three vaccines were tested very carefully for safety and their effectiveness, 
and there have been no serious uh, safety concerns with any of these three vaccines. They are all protective, mm -hmm. at preventing COVID-19 illness, hospitalization, and death. And it is important for people to understand you cannot get COVID from these vaccines. Uh, they are going to protect you. Uh, and um, it's also important for people to understand that, you know, for the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines, you need two shots mm -hmm. separated by either three or four weeks, depending on which one, um, to get your strong immunity. And for the Johnson & Johnson, the exciting thing is it's one and done, one shot, and, and you're good to go. That's exciting information, yes. it is. Let's talk a little bit more about that, because I'm interested in that, and I have a, a biology degree. <laughs> and I know the two, Pfizer and Moderna, were made with the messenger RNA. Mm -hmm. And then the Johnson & Johnson is more of the traditional vaccine, the vector vaccine. Can you talk a little bit about what the difference is a little bit yeah. in the most simple terms? Yeah, and so I'll start with, like, how they're all very similar. Okay. Um, so, you know, the goal of vaccines in general, the goal of vaccines is to safely increase your body's ability, mm -hmm. natural ability, to fight off a virus yes. before you get infected. Um, and again, to be clear, none of these vaccines contain the virus that causes okay. COVID-19. Okay. They imitate COVID without actually giving it to you. Okay. Um, and they do this. Well, like you said, they're different. One's an MR, two are mRNA vaccines and one's a adenovector virus vaccine. They do this in the same way. They give your body instructions mm -hmm. to make a harmless piece of protein that's found on the surface of the COVID-19 virus. And those instructions come in the form of the messenger RNA or DNA. Okay. And after your, um, your cell produces that protein piece, the cell breaks down those instructions, that mRNA or DNA, and gets rid of it. So there's nothing of the vaccine remaining. Okay. Uh, and then that protein piece moves to the surface of your cell, and your immune system recognizes, hey, that protein isn't normal. That's not part of us. That's something foreign. And it starts making antibodies against that protein. And that's just like what happens naturally if somebody were to get infected with COVID-19. And then... Um, your body has all these antibodies so that if you were to come into contact with the virus in the future, your body's already prepared. It's got its army of antibodies, right. and so it's able to fight it off. It's important for people to know that it does take two weeks after your second dose of the uh -huh. Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine yes. for you to be fully protected, and then one week, or two weeks after, sorry, two weeks after your one uh, shot of J&J &J to be fully protected. And so the benefit of these vaccines, like all vaccines, is that those who get vaccinated, you gain that protection yes. without ever having to risk the serious consequences of getting sick with COVID-19. Um, people sometimes talk about natural immunity. Well, the risk of natural immunity is that you could get uh, severely ill and have long-term health consequences, or you could die. The benefit of the vaccine is you get all the protection without having to risk, take that risk. Yes, thank you, thank you. So what's the, best, what's the best vaccine to get and how can people choose? So honestly, you know, the virus that causes COVID-19 is still in our community. And mm -hmm. so the best vaccine is the one you can get okay. when it's available yes. to you, right? And I would hate for someone to wait to have that opportunity to get vaccinated, but wait for a specific vaccine only to become infected in the meantime mm -hmm. and have something horrible happen to them. So so the best vaccine is the one you can get in your arm when you're eligible. Okay. 
So at our community engagement markets, we have those about three times, four times a week, and that's an opportunity to give people um, information and healthy foods. And I've gotten a lot of questions from folks who want to know what they should expect after they get the vaccine. What should they expect? Yeah. So um, you're going to have some side effects. Mm-hmm. It's very common for you to have side effects after you get a vaccine and, and no, nothing different with this one. Uh, and that's just a normal sign that your body is building protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the side effects uh, tend to happen within the first day or two um, and tend to go away within a day or two. And, and they may impact your ability to do a few things, but, um, but again, uh, typically nothing serious. Uh, and so the most common side effects um, that pretty much everyone gets are a sore sore arm, soreness around that site where you got your vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have a little redness or swelling. Um, and then in terms of more like body, you know, systemic side effects, you might have some headache, you might feel a little achy, little tired but again it lasts for maybe a day or two and then you go right back to normal some people might have a little bit of fever some people might not have any side effects at all and it's okay um it's it's all normal for your body right mm-hmm. um i would say that the reactions are more common after your second dose of okay. a two-dose series um, and you can take if you ha- develop side effects and you think some Tylenol will be helpful for you. It's fine to take that uh, once you have those side effects. But the recommendation is that you don't take medicine like Tylenol or ibuprofen before you get your vaccine. Oh, that's good to know. Um, uh, there's some concern, you know, we don't know yet. Like, would that impact your your immune response? So mm-hmm. if you develop the symptoms, it's totally fine to take something if you need it. Okay. Okay. So I have a pre-existing medical condition, and so for me, at the beginning, I did have doubts about the vaccine. I have to be honest about that. I did some research at the time with both vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna, as Johnson & Johnson was not approved at that time. I kept thinking, would it be in my best interest to not have a vaccine and possibly lose my life? Or do I take a vaccine to lessen the risk of getting COVID-19 and still have my life? So I am glad to say that I am fully vaccinated. I am fully vaccinated. That was a wonderful, no doubt, decision that I made. What should folks with pre-existing conditions know about the vaccine? I like how you came to your decision, yes. Rashida. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's really important. You know, uh, humans are notoriously bad at, at judging risk, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, And so I think we have to remember that if we choose not to vaccinate, we're still living in a world with COVID. And so uh, we are keeping ourselves essentially at risk of getting COVID and and like you said, all the the bad um, consequences that could develop. Um, And we know that people with certain underlying health conditions are at greater risk of severe illness. Uh, if they were to become infected with COVID-19. And that could mean um, ending up in the hospital. That could mean ending up in the ICU. That could mean being intubated and on a ventilator Mm. to breathe. And it could be dying. And so we have to take COVID-19 seriously. Um, and and it, COVID vaccines are recommended for people with underlying health conditions, definitely. That, that risk of COVID is too great. Uh, and so we definitely want people with underlying health conditions to get vaccinated. Clearly, you can do your research. It's fine. Um, but, you know, the research shows yes. that the vaccine is safe and effective for these, for these individuals. Uh, I will say that, um, you know, in terms of specific conditions so there the data can be limited right so uh 
when they did the clinical trials, they studied these vaccines in tens of thousands. And okay. overall, when we compare those three vaccines, you know, 100,000 people were studied um, with these vaccines. Um, but there's still limited data out of those trials on the safety and efficacy of the vaccine in people with weakened immune systems. Now, as more and more people are getting immunized, yes. we're gonna have more and more data to say, specifically, if you have this condition, here's what the data is okay. on. You know, I th there's gonna be more of that coming. Um, people with weakened immune systems may also have a reduced response to the vaccine, mm -hmm. right? Their immune system is weak, so maybe it doesn't rev up the same way, um, but there is no chance of developing a protective immune response if you don't get the vaccine, right? So some immune response has got to be better than no immune response, right? Uh, yeah, I agree with that because I am one of those folks who have multiple sclerosis and I know my immune system is not working at its best, but like I said, I would not change it at all and I'm glad that I was able to get it. So maybe one day I can be a part of a study and see how does it really affect with someone who has an immune system that is weak. So thank you for yeah. getting informed on that and I think it's important for people to know mm -hmm. that that group that group group four yeah, which uh -huh. is the people 16 to 64 uh -huh. who have underlying health conditions that's one of the active groups now right oh, yes. and so it's important for people to know like what what counts as an underlying health condition yes. well it's a lot of stuff it's cancer it's stroke yes. it's chronic kidney disease it's high blood pressure mm -hmm. it's heart disease heart failure uh, it's hepatitis it's being overweight or obese uh, it's having sickle cell disease, being pregnant, and even being a former or current smoker. If you've if you've smoked at least 100 cigarettes ever, ding ding ding. Oh wow! You you qualify. You're in group four. So get your vaccine. And I bet a lot of people don't know yeah. about the M. Yeah. Thank you for that information. Yeah. What I will bring up too is that um, when the vaccine came out, and I know in the African American community, we were like, I don't know. We know what happened in the Tuskegee experiment. Mm -hmm. But as I did my research, I found out that we have a lot of African-American scientists that was on the edge of this study. Mm -hmm. And so we need to trust that. I mean, we, we try to we need to trust that. And I can't fault people for mistrusting the medical society and and our relationships with doctors. But one thing about me and the folks that I interact with, if you have questions, that's your doctor. Bring your questions to your appointment and ask those questions. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not so at all. So we, we want to make sure we're informed about everything that we're taking. If it's something minor, a minor medication. But this is huge. So I really want to encourage everyone today, look at the vaccine and take the vaccine because we want to save lives, right? Correct. So what, and what about people who have already had COVID? Do they need to get vaccinated? Yes. Both shots? Yes. So right now the guidance is that they should be vaccinated just like everybody else. Um, we do know that there is some amount of natural immunity uh -huh. uh, that develops after you are sick with COVID-19. But, uh, you know, we know in this community we've had people who get reinfected. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we're, we think that about 90 days, uh, you have about uh, 90 days of natural immunity after your infection. But then that wears off and you can get reinfected with COVID-19. And so getting your vaccine, getting completing that vaccine series uh, will help prevent uh, a future infection. The one thing I will say is that sometimes when um, people have COVID-19 they're and they're at risk for um, becoming seriously ill and maybe ending up in the hospital, there's, mm -hmm. there's medication, there's treatment that can be given, the monoclonal antibodies. Okay. And that's actually something that's becoming more common in our area recently. Um, 
uh, with Mayhec uh, having a clinic for that. And it, so it's really important that people who do receive that treatment understand that they will have to wait 90 days after that treatment before, yeah. before they can get vaccinated. And that's because they have that protection. They have those right. antibodies in their system and we don't want those antibodies, we don't know yet, will those antibodies interact with their ability to respond to the immune, uh, to the vaccine and develop their own antibodies. Yes. Uh, and so there is a 90 day uh pause essentially but then after that 90 days they should get vaccinated just like everyone else. They should go ahead and get vaccinated. Thank you. Here vaccines have been administered in phases and you just talked about that in phase um, four where they're going to include 16 on up. What phase are we in? Who decides that and most importantly how can people get signed up for a vaccine? Okay, so um, yeah, so what we started in December, rolled out um, vaccines to healthcare workers mm-hmm. who were working with individuals who had COVID um, or testing, working in vaccine clinics. Um, then we rolled into the 75 and older, which then became the 65 and older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we started with essential workers, right? And, um, and uh, people with, uh, high, like I said, high risk medical conditions. So that's where we're at right now. So. So um, it was announced last week. So the time the time frames keep moving up, right? Because we we have gotten more and more vaccines. So supply is actually doing really well right now, uh, and demand is not as much as what we saw. Like we knew that the the uh, sixty five and older crowd was. And they were chomping at the bit to get yes. out there and get their vaccines. Uh, healthcare workers are chomping at the bit to get out there and get their vaccine. But what we've found as we've moved into the essential worker and even the high-risk medical condition groups, we're not seeing that demand as much anymore, okay. which is kind of unsettling. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that um, if you're in those groups, like now's your time. Start, you know, if you haven't gotten your vaccine, get it. Um, but because of all those those um, factors, the governor said that starting this Wednesday, the 31st, everyone in Group 4 will be eligible. And so that's everyone else who was an essential worker who wasn't considered frontline. Yes. So um, pretty much if you are an essential worker and you can go online to findmygroup.nc.gov and see if you're one of those folks, uh, you will become eligible on Wednesday. The other people who are eligible in Group 4 include, um, so we've done uh, people who are unhoused and living in homeless shelters, uh, people who are um, in jails and prisons, Mm -hmm. so we've done some of that, um, and people who live in other congregate settings. Then um, everybody, anybody 16 and older who wants a vaccine will be eligible starting April 7th, which isn't too far away. So again, that's the last group. That's group five. So pretty much everyone 16 and older will be eligible in just like a few weeks, a couple weeks. Um, And so, or I guess really a week and a half. Um, Myspot.nc.gov is a place you can go to find vaccine providers. So it used to be, it was just Mission Hospital in the county. (laughs) And that went on for a long time, it felt like. But now more and more, Pharmacies are coming on board. We got Ingalls pharmacies all over the county with vaccine. We got Walgreens. We got some of those um, smaller local independent pharmacies. We have Mayhack. We have other providers. It's not just the county. We are more than happy. We are more than happy to provide vaccine to individuals, but I want people to know that we are not the only option. And so find the option that is best for you, that is most convenient, that is closer to you, that has people you know, but we're at, just go. I don't care where you go. Find your spot. Just find right. your spot. Find your spot. Yes. 
So I have another reason why it's very important. Once people get vaccine, what is it safe to do? I know for me, I hadn't seen my niece, Relissa, who is the joy of my life for a whole year. And once I was fully vaccinated, I finally got to see her a couple of weeks ago. And the first thing she wanted to know is that if she can hug me and my mom, right? So that was so special. And this weekend, my sister, Melissa, and her husband came up and they're fully vaccinated. And we got to eat dinner together. And that is major, right? Totally. So um, what can we do? Right. No, I totally get that. Um, My son, who just turned six, was finally able to go down and spend... uh, you know, the night at his grandparents mm-hmm. for the first time in over a year. Wow. I mean, like, not only was it great for him and them, but it also gave me a little bit of break yes, right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I was very happy for that. But yeah, so um, there are benefits to vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a social setting, you can now gather indoors if you're fully vaccinated. And remember, that means two weeks after your your last shot of a two-dose series or your single shot of the J&J. You can gather indoors with other fully vaccinated people without wearing a mask. You actually can see their whole face. Yay. (laughs) Um, And um, you can choose if you want. You can gather indoors with unvaccinated people from just one other household. So like if you have relatives who maybe are partially vaccinated, right? uh, you can gather uh, indoors with those unvaccinated people from one other household without wearing a mask, unless unless any of those people or anyone they live with is at increased risk okay. from okay. getting COVID-19, right? And so, uh, again, it's very limited at this point, but that's the benefit. I mean, there's so much benefit to vaccine, but like, hey, if you want to see your people, get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Get your spot, right? <laughs> get your spot, yeah. Get your spot. The other perk is... So, you know, that if you if you were identified as a close contact uh-huh. to a case, you know, in the past we said, up, oh, you got to quarantine for 14 yes. days and, and what a bear that was. Well, if you are fully vaccinated now, if you are identified as a close contact to somebody with COVID-19, as long as you don't have symptoms of COVID-19, and as long as you don't live in a group setting, so you're not living in a group home mm-hmm. or you're not in the jail or you're not, you don't have to quarantine. Oh, that's great. That's great information. Again, you, know. you are protected yes. by that vaccine. So you get to enjoy the benefits of that, not only keeping you safe and healthy, but seeing family and not having to quarantine. So we still want people, again, no vaccine to 100% effective. We still want people to pay attention mm-hmm. if you have symptoms. You know, all, you know, you got to, you got to go back into isolation and check with your doctor and get tested. But, but we're moving, we're moving forward. Dr. M, you're right. How much does the vaccine cost? It doesn't cost you a thing. Now, and just to clarify, so people have asked, so why, why do you ask for our insurance information Mm -hmm. when we come to your clinic? The reason for that is we can charge, providers of vaccine can charge insurance companies, can bill insurance companies for the cost of vaccine administration, like the cost of what it takes to run that clinic, Mm -hmm. to put a shot in your arm. The federal government paid for the vaccines. We're not billing for the the vaccine itself. And not, no one, nobody should have any out-of-pocket cost to get vaccinated all right so uh and if so if you don't have insurance we don't care we're going to vaccinate you if you have insurance we don't care we're going to vaccinate you we might gather your insurance information so we can bill your insurance company but 
But yeah, don't worry about cost. And cost still is not an issue for testing oh, as good. well. I'm glad you Testing still up. exists. Yes, yes, yes. So um, has testing gone down? And is that important? So testing has gone down. Okay. Um, and, and I mean... It's all relative, right? Like, it's so funny to think back, like, how bad we thought we had it in March and when, it, when really nothing was going on much. Uh, and then it's and then as we came into the summer and July 4th happened and Memorial Day and July 4th and the numbers came up, we were like, oh, this is rough. And it was rough. But then Thanksgiving and the winter holidays hit. Right. And that was huge that surge was huge right and so we saw so much testing around the thanksgiving you know people wanted to travel or people became sick because they gather with family um so testing went way up yes so testing had we've definitely seen a decline and so some of that i think is we're further from the holidays so there's less symptom you know symptomatic people people aren't traveling Uh to go visit so they're not getting tested for that reason but I also am concerned, we're a little concerned that there might be a little bit of like people blowing stuff off, like thinking there's a vaccine and so what's it matter? No. If you have symptoms of COVID-19, which are the same ones we've been spouting at you for yes. months now, right? Um, it is important that um, you isolate yourself and get tested, right? And testing is still available throughout the community. So urgent care is still have it. Mm-hmm. Buncombe County doesn't have their COVID testing sites anymore, but we have StarMed who's in the community. You can go to the state website and find uh, find my testing place. Uh, it'll show you where you can get tested. So it's it's still really important. And it's really important for people to understand that, again, COVID is still here. It's still circulating. And if we do, don't take every action we can to stop it from spreading, we are giving the virus more chances to muta- mutate. You've heard about these variants. Mm-hmm. So we need to do everything we can. Wear your mask. Yes. Practice those three W's. Yes. Get vaccinated. The sooner we all do this, the sooner we will get through this. So what else do, do you want Buncombe County to know about COVID, the vaccine, and how to prevent COVID spread? And you just said that. Yeah, so the, three again, yeah. the three W's. Right? Yeah, we are all in this together. We are all connected. All our, our actions have consequences. And so keep wearing your, your face covering. Keep your distance. Mm-hmm. Wash those hands. I mean, that is crucial. And then get vaccinated. If we want to get through this, we we've come so far we've worked so hard now is not the time to give up um and so if we want to get back to whatever that semblance of normal is this is how we're going to do it and i'm so proud of my community too i think everybody in this community has done a great job we sure have and um i want to be able to celebrate with everybody we will celebrate it's going to be an ending to this it is well that's all the time we have thus far but we're just so grateful that you could be with us today. Kick off the first in many programs and information that's important to our Buncombe County community. Let's, let's continue to stay at it. If people want to learn more about COVID vaccines or schedule an appointment with Buncombe County Health and Human Services, go to www.buncombeready.org. And again, that's www.buncombeready.org. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. M. Thank you to the wonderful Elder Hayes. And I cannot forget Miss Sophie Dixon <laughs> and WRES for giving us this time and partnership. And in our next conversation, get excited about this. We will have 
uh, one of our assistant county managers, Dekeisha Wesley, known as DK, who will talk about our Buncombe County's government racial equity action plan. So please, let's look forward to that. And thank you again. Thank you, Rashida. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been an opportunity to hear from your government through the Buncombe County Health and Human Services. And I want to thank Ms. McDaniel for doing such a great job. And great having Dr. M. I got a name that time. Amen, amen. So thank you. This program will re-air on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11.30. Tell a friend. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. And it is a wonderful world. Share a smile with someone, won't you? And I think to myself,